Welcome to The Relationship Type. I'm Alex. And I'm Patty. Look, relationships are everywhere. And they can be, well, complicated. So let's gab about it. We are back for another episode of The Relationship Type. We're so excited to be here today. It is just us, just me, Alex, and Patty. Just us. Wow. Look at us. Who would have thought? No. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, we, we're we really excited about this. We've been wanting to do a few more solo episodes here and there, but we're thinking it's going to be a thing we continue in the future. We'll still have wonderful guests uh, coming down the pike, but we really wanted to talk just amongst us as well. Yeah, we have so much to say, so little time, so we figured... <laughs> Why not just just release, just go wild and just us two release <laughs> our voices on the airwaves. Also, it's a great excuse for us to like get together in the future and just we want to do these sitting next to each other, which right now we weren't able to do. I'm in Massachusetts, no surprise, <laughs> and Alex is home in Portland. But in the future, we really want to just... I don't know. We'd love to rent a studio, but that's me manifesting, which we'll get to yes. that another time. But no, that's wonderful. We need an episode on manifesting, I think, because I feel like that's the central theme of everything. <laughs> and with the new moon coming, I actually don't think you're supposed to manifest in a new moon. I think you manifest in a full moon, oh. but you set intentions in a new moon. Don't hold me to oh. that. I will add it in the show notes, the proper, <laughs> the proper <laughs> guidelines. Wait, I love that too because I know nothing about that. Like I don't keep up with any of the moon cycles. I'm I'm constantly Ooh. just like making goals, my 10-year plan, but I never do some sort of like intentions just for the near future. Yeah. Like maybe I need to get on this. Oh yeah, girl. I will send you. It's I only know this because of the Cheney app. Shout out to Cheney. But yeah, I the lunation cycle. I I love and hate myself simultaneously. <laughs> No, I feel like the Cheney app knowledge is really good too because you got me on it and I didn't realize I was paying for it. So I'm telling everyone, oh, it's amazing. Like you get this expansive, all this stuff about yourself and it's wonderful. And then they download it and they're like, there's nothing on here. And I'm like, oh, oh. I am paying 11 a month. <laughs> That's amazing. You didn't even realize, but honestly, take my money. That is an excellent $11, like very well spent each month. It is. Yeah, it's very much worth it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she would be happy to know that. Yes, we'll, we'll send this to her. Yeah, this is not an ad, by the way. <laughs> Although that would be an awesome ad. I would read that. Read the Agreed. shit out of that. <laughs> well, we are going to talk today about friendships. Uh, but first, we are going to do what we always do. And I will pass it to you first, Patty. What relationship has been central to your week this week? Yeah. So not to get a little dark, but it's been my relationship with weather and emergencies. Um, so I was staying with my sister who lives in Northern Central Mass. And um, this is the week of like September 13th. So it was a couple days ago. And I said the week of September 13th as if it's like literally not <laughs> the middle. Like It's Wednesday, September 13th. <laughs> Yeah, like that's genuinely today. <laughs> genuinely today, but whatever this week is, anyhow. Um, so I've been staying with her for the past couple of days and I was planning to go back to the city this week. And um, on 
Monday night, she got stuck in a, it was an unpredicted weather pattern. Like it was torrential rain, but I don't think that it wasn't really on anyone's radar earlier in the day because we we all check the weather each morning. And my sister makes a an hour and a half commute one way each morning and night to her job. And she's very dedicated. I could literally never do that. And I tell her every day, like, yeah, she is God's strongest soldier. That is wild. <laughs> Literally is. Like that bitch is crazy. I don't know how she does it. And she doesn't complain. She does it with a smile on her face every day. And so she had left Monday evening um, a little bit early than normal. She got out, I think, around like a little before 5 p.m. And she didn't get home until 9 p.m. that night. And she was stuck in essentially what was now deemed by the governor of Massachusetts catastrophic flooding in the town of Lemonster, Massachusetts. Essentially, sinkholes opened up. Um, it's the so Lemonster, Massachusetts, for those who don't know geography, I would not expect them to know this. Um, when you're going west of Boston, there are a couple main routes you can take. One of them is the Mass Pike, and one of them is Route 2. And um, Route two is essentially the main artery to get from Boston to like central mass, northern central mass. So many people commute on there daily. And it, Lemonster is like a central city that, you know, Route two passes through and it was absolutely shut down. Roads were closed, water was filling up, rushing. She at the time was scared, but she's a very confident driver, didn't realize how, just how bad and dangerous it was until she, like, she had spent hours going around detours police were shutting things down she saw water like taking cars essentially and um she eventually stopped at a parking lot thank god and she waited out the storm slightly there was a little bit of a lull and she made it home she was only like less than a half hour away from home but she couldn't physically get to us and as the night progressed when she got home we were just like so shooken up um I was crying and she, she was so in shock. And it wasn't until the next day where we saw it all unfold on the news. It was even covered by the New York times. It was like, it's really bad. And there's actually a Lemonster relief fund that opened up right now because it, luckily there's no deaths reported. Um, but it, it's just destroyed the entire town. So, um, the roads were still kind of messed up today and, um, the rebuilding process is going to be awful, but, I've always been someone who's been very afraid of thunderstorms. It was like a phobia I picked up as a child, like driving in Florida thunderstorms with family and just being right. very aware of my mortality at a young age and being like, well, this is it for us. And so even as an adult, I still get lingering fears of thunderstorms, which most people love them and they're like romanticize them. And I'm like, yeah, this is so cool. Like, love a thunderstorm, but I'm like freaking out. So it was awful. And I, I was just, she is my entire world. Like my sister is the sun in which I orbit, which is so dramatic, but you know, everyone has that one person in their life and she is it for me. She's like my emergency right. contacts. She is like any decision I need to make, I call her immediately. And in fact, when I know I need to make a tough decision and I don't want to hear her opinion, that's when I know like shit is serious because I know I don't want to hear what she has to say because she's typically always right. So another Taurus <laughs> no. woman. 
And there's been points where like you and I have been sending audio messages back and forth about something. And I'm like, can you ask your sister? Like, what would she say? Yes, yes. There's this fucking TikTok that's like, when I'm with my sister, I don't know. It's like, I don't know my, I don't know where I am. No directions, no thoughts in my head. Just follow sister. And that is literally me. Like, I can't operate without her. So I was so scared. And when she got home, I was like, like, and I feel bad because I was sitting safely in the house. She was the one in imminent danger and she handled it so well, but I was like an absolute mess. And then, so we've been really just enjoying each other's company and hugging each other tighter in the past few days. Um, it just, it's very scary. And with like, right. obviously climate change has really affected um, extreme weather patterns. And, you know, Massachusetts gets tough weather sometimes, but it was really bad. It was really bad. It was right. really scary. And we also have a hurricane coming this weekend. So fuck me. Oh my God. <laughs> so turning the tables to you, my friend, what relationship has been central to your week this week? Yes. So uh, I'm going to be very annoying because my relationship that has been central to my week this week, and I'm going to start by saying pop culture. And the reason I'm saying pop culture is so I can talk about Survivor a little more, but I will also say the other pop culture. Survivor, I just, oh God, I've been watching it. I've been rewatching old stuff, like clips from old seasons. It's just, it feels so good to get back into something you love so much. But let me move on to the other pop culture. I've been really, really, really into Olivia Rodrigo's new album, Guts. 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 Girls got <laughs> guts. What a great word. I don't say guts enough. <laughs> guts. I know. This is one of those words my sister and Jack say that I say certain words weird. Like I say fudge weird, apparently. <laughs> well, no, I have to say if anyone listened to last week, I love the way that you say the plural of women as woman. <laughs> like, I'm just going to throw that out there. Say one woman. Okay, wait. I'll be like, oh, I was talking to a woman. Yes. And then you were talking to multiple women. Or I went to the woman's restroom. <laughs> I love when you say woman. <laughs> Sorry. You're doing your fucking best out here. And that's what's important. <laughs> oh my god anyway guts <laughs> guts it is I listen like everyone else when sour came out I was obsessed with mm -hmm. it I thought it was wonderful but for me sour is not one of those albums I think I can continually like it doesn't feel as timeless for me personally yeah it feels like the same way that I feel like nostalgic like an artist after their Disney days like their first sort of album after it doesn't feel timeless in that way it feels like it'll be a marker of time I feel like we will listen to the songs from Sour be like okay yes that came out 2021 like that is distinct I remember where I was when I first heard Driver's License but I think Guts feels very mature like it feels very like timeless it feels innovative it feels like something we can listen to as people in our late 20s and relate a lot to the lyrics and to the music whereas I don't think I could as much with sour um I thought it was amazing I completely agree with you there's only so many times I can listen to like getting my driver's license and being like okay I'm like literally double the age of when I fucking got my driver's license so this is this is weird and I also too like I've been struggling with this and I don't know if you have entering your sort of your late 20s but doing so in like 
during the pandemic, I felt like it was weird to kind of age, but also feel like time was standing still. And so I, it took a minute for me to really step into identifying with my age. And at first it really freaked me out, but now I'm like, and, and it was happening at a time where Gen Z culture and fashion was rapidly like evolving. And I found myself gravitating towards the styles on the mannequins, but then when I'd wear it, I'd be like, I don't want to feel like a young girl. Like, I don't always want to feel like a teenager. Like, there are there are times when I do love to just regress and just scream Olivia Rodrigo in my car and cry, but right. I feel a little bit more... I don't know, just like comfortable doing that with this album than I did the last one. Like, I'm not going to wear a fucking like lime green checkered mini skirt, but like <laughs> I love it on the other girlies. And I'll, you know, I'll incorporate it somewhere else. I'll wear like a lime green checkered earring or a tank top. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm like taking a look at my crop tops and I'm like, I got to retire these at some point. Never, never. But I know I was going to say that's the I can't agree with that. All I own is crop literally all, all I, I will own. Be, I will be 108 yes. with all my crop tops. As you fucking should. And that's the thing. I don't I'm still kind of feeling out like my comfort with my age and my how I identify with my age and how I like dress and I don't know all the things express my age because I don't okay I'm getting too far into the age thing and I need to stop spiraling but anyway I absolutely loved Vampire and I know that was like an early release but that is Tom Sandoval Scandoval that is about him I don't care what anyone says the Josh Bassett no no (laughs) over who even is he anymore he's old news this is about Tom Sandoval, and I need, like, a TikTok girly Tumblr edit of, like, pictures of Sandoval with, like, sepia tone or, like, black and white tone, and then, like, that song playing in the background. And Yes. I love that. I did not make that sort of connection before, but you're so right, and I will say about Vampire, I'm going to call it now. I don't care that we still have three more months of this year. I think it is the best song of 2023. Yes. I think it's just... I love, and I mean, this is why we all love Adele, right? Like I love a very, like, you can scream, sing to it. Like it makes you feel emotional. You can feel that sort of emotion as the artist is delivering this song to you. Of course. Yeah. But like, I just, it's vampire is so fucking good. It's so good. And I'm glad you like it too, because I was curious in your opinions, but also I didn't mean to laugh when you were saying that, but all... I see in my mind is you at East Ender in Portland <laughs> screaming your head off at karaoke to the point where people are like cheering you on like you like you shut the fucking place down you were screaming like it was amazing you didn't need the mic but the music was loud so it wasn't like it was so I can you need to do that song in karaoke and I need to be there and we need to get it on film. That's all I will oh, say. Karaoke is honestly the one of life's greatest gifts. I totally agree with you. Vampire is the perfect karaoke song. And people will say, oh no, like people, no, I don't think karaoke is meant to be good singing. No. That is the perfect karaoke song. It's all about the emotion. It but is. yeah, I, I think that song's amazing. And I think like, I think people are out here analyzing what um, grudge, like who that's about, who uh, vampire is about, who all these different songs are about. But I also think there's something that, 
I don't I don't think people give this some this give this sort of same grace to singers and in musical artists. I feel like fiction exists yeah. and we acknowledge it in every other aspect of art. But why when it comes to musicians do we not allow okay it's okay if something's a little fictionized right no you're so right like whenever more came out and people were like betty is about like people were i just like get a job i'm now oh god i don't mean to offend the swifties <laughs> but like can't like they are writers they're storytellers i agree right. i i kind of that takes away from the joy of just enjoying the music for me when it's like you're trying to dissect the easter eggs not every artist needs to be as calculated and have easter eggs like it's just too much. Like, just enjoy the song. Like, let it relate to you. It doesn't need to be about Sabrina Carpenter. Like, come on. <laughs> totally. And no one can pit them against each other anymore because I love Sabrina Carpenter. I will not allow it. Yeah. She's been through too much. She has. And also, I think Nonsense was the best song of this year. I Wait, that came out last year. We're safe. Oh, We're safe. Fuck. That was... <laughs> I am so fucking out of touch. Like, God damn it. Whatever. You scared me. I was like, oh my God, am I going to have to retract what I said? But no, that came out. That was the 2022 song. We're We're good. I love that the best song of last year was Sabrina Carpenter and the best song of this year is Olivia Rodrigo. Like, nature is healing. Nature is healing. Maybe Joshua Bassett next year. No, I don't know. (laughs) No, no, no. Wait, I have to ask. So what are your top three of the album of Guts? Oh my God. Okay, so I'm really bad with song names, and I've only listened to it a couple times through. Obviously, Vampire. Um, yeah. Wait, can you just say yours? Because I need to look up the names, and I'll this is mine. embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, mine are uh, Vampire number one, again, for the reasons I said. Number two, Get Him Back. Um, I love the sort of, like, talking, singing, like, those vibes. I feel like I – okay, everything I say, I'm like, oh, my God, I heard it in a Sam Sanders podcast. But a Sam Sanders podcast, Into It, from Vulture, he did an episode on Olivia Rodrigo that came out the week of September 7th. I don't know. Whenever the album came out, he did an episode on Olivia Rodrigo. Um, and in it, they talked about this sort of versatility that she's able to do. Like someone can be singing along with one of her songs and be like, oh shit, I can't reach this note. Like it's like she belts, but she also does this sort of like punk, but she also does this sort of like soft, like talking. Like it's it's very versatile and I think it's really fun. And I love seeing the sort of waves of her talent in this album. Yeah. So I loved Get Him Back. Um, and then Ballad of a Homeschool that Girl. One, I yes. loved it. Yeah. I like I loved that one too, and then I I don't think you liked this one, but I liked Lacey. I liked that yeah. one. It wasn't my favorite, but I do like that one. Yeah, and then the one it's not like my favorite, but I'm not gonna not scream it every time it comes on, where she's like, "See you tonight." It's a bad idea. Yeah, I just started idea, screaming right? that out of nowhere, and I'm like, "Oh my god." I know. I feel like now I'll say something and I'll be like, fuck it. It's fine. And I'm like thinking of Oh my God. Yes. I love. No, it's so good. It's so good. She, yeah, I, I was excited to hear her album come out and I have a lot of New York media people that I follow and they were all like at her album release party. And I was like, that's really cool and fun. I I had FOMO because that looked it, it was like the room, I, I mean, I'm like spacing out, but it was like, it was decorated cute and she was there and she's so adorable. And like, I don't know if you watched the VMAs at all. The VMAs for reference at the time of this recording aired last night. 
I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it because I was really confused as to how some people who are, I get that they're singers and they were promoting their music, but if they're also actors, like Selena Gomez was there and everyone posted about her being there and I don't understand. And maybe there's an explanation. I should just Google this, but like, I don't get how her being there is okay because even if she technically isn't promoting any sort of TV and film that she's doing, like you can't be on one of the most, I would say like most talked about TV shows of the year with some of the most high profile cast members, Meryl Streep, who I'm pretty sure is, has a fund that she runs for people who aren't getting paid currently for the strike and Paul Rudd and Steve Martin and Martin Short. How are you on a show with all of these like very prestigious actors? And I'm guessing you being on that show have to be a part of like the union, but you're at the VMAs. Like I thought that was weird, but anyway, Olivia Rodrigo looked good. That's that was my main point. (laughs) But let me just yes. get a little angry labor <laughs> chat going in uh, in there. But yeah, I love it. You always have to always have to have that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. But. Yeah, definitely. Well, today's episode, we are going to talk about friendship. I'm excited to get into it. This has been highly requested. I will say multiple people have asked us to do an episode on friendship in your 20s. So we are excited to deliver. And I feel like it's something we also want to discuss selfishly as well. Absolutely. And we needed to do this as a solo episode because we have so many thoughts. But yeah, this was something that a lot of people had sort of messaged us about and um, asked if we could sort of talk about What I think we're all feeling, especially hitting um, our late 20s, where you have to be very intentional about um, making plans, but also following through with them. People were curious as to how to navigate friendships um, when you have a lot of other life events taking precedent and other relationships kind of front and center. So we're excited to get into it. Yes, let's get into it. So I want to start with something really interesting because I feel like friendship, at least for me, has felt sort of harder to navigate as I'm entering my late 20s versus my early 20s. Um, I found this quote. It is from an article from Vice that came out earlier this year. They said, according to a 2015 study, people's social circles peak in size around the age of 25 and then begin to get smaller and smaller as more responsibilities, life responsibilities pile up. Women lose friends around that time more than men, and researchers believe it might be because they're more likely to focus on their romantic relationships and securing a partner. Um, No matter why, people in their late 20s tend to consolidate friendships, and that's not a bad thing. It can be very healthy. Um, What do you think about that, hearing that? Wow. Honestly, my gut reaction is um, I relate to this. I, I am not surprised by this at all. Um, I just, it saddens me a bit, but I guess it shouldn't. It only saddens me to think that not that the groups get smaller because I assume that the relationships get deeper, but that like there isn't space to have sometimes like your friends and your partner and your family and your, like all of these things together. And that's what Mm -hmm. I struggle with to um balance but I definitely think that like I'm shocked by I am actually shocked by the part about like women losing more friends 
around that time than men because I feel like I feel like men have a tougher time sort of like finding community outside of traditional like sports and I'm not trying to be judgmental but (laughs) you know like I I feel like that's interesting to me and I wonder if that's because women are more focused on making deeper connections as opposed to being okay with more like superficial friendships because I feel like I've collected a lot of um what's the word for when you're acquaintance (laughs) yes yes I've collected a lot of acquaintances but to pass intentionally into the realm of friendship like it takes a lot more but that's what I want so I'm happy cutting not cutting off but not tending to acquaintances as much because I want deeper friendship so I don't know what are your thoughts on that I don't know. It's interesting because what you were just saying too about like woman friendships and and men friendships, like I feel like at least a case study looking into my friendships versus like Jack, my husband's friendships, like he is friends with a lot of the same people from high school and then community college. Like his core friend group are all people from high school that he has been friends with and will always be friends with. And for me, like I have two friends from high school, but like I don't have necessarily friendship groups. Like I have multiple friends. And then I also found like two of my closest friends I had had in college. Uh, One of them, I had a friend breakup in 2020 or when I was 23. And then one, I had a friendship breakup when I was 24. So like that sort of like 25 kind of being that tipping point does really resonate at least with me yeah it totally checks out I think I was almost a bit delayed in having certain friendship fallouts but uh, not delayed it, it was staggered because when I moved to New York I think I intentionally discontinued a lot of friendships they weren't necessarily breakups per se um but I feel like I also isolated myself in a relationship. So I was also the reason why I had lost a number of, again, they were friends, but they weren't like best friends. And I, I too, like don't have, I was a floater in high school and I think I was friends with a lot of people, but only deeply connected with a, like a hand, not even like maybe three people. And um, I met my really good friends in college but I'm also not as close with all of them. It's been very difficult to keep up. And I find myself rekindling some friendships, but I have had a couple friend breakups in the past two years, around like 26. Um, And it was hard. It was, that was actually, I was glad I was in therapy um, for those times because nobody gives you a manual on how to sort of navigate a friendship breakup. And we- all obviously prioritize romantic relationships. Right. I don't want to generalize, but most folks at this age tend to, because of society and the pressures and the norms, people tend to prioritize romantic relationships and partnerships over their friendships. And I feel like I'm seeing a lot of studies come out where like the key to living a long, happy life is like having friendships and having relationships outside of just like your partner or like, I don't know, a family member, but it, it definitely is hard to like maintain friends after that threshold of 25, your life changes so much. 
Definitely. With your friendship breakups, um, and don't feel like you need to go too in-depth if you don't want to, were, were they different? Were they similar? Was it difficult? Did it cause you a lot of like emotional pain? Was it not that hard? Like, What was your experience with that? Yeah, that's interesting. So the first friend breakup, um, and I would say, honestly, eh, no, I guess I've had a third big friendship breakup, but that was like early college um, with a high school friend. And that one was like irrelevant at this point. Like I feel like it was like eight years ago at this point. Um, but the two that happened like post-college, as we're older, as we're really like, these are someone, I mean, in college, like you sort of become really close with the people that you're close with and you see them all the time and, and you're really good friends with them. Um, so one of the friendship breakups, it happened like almost exactly one year after we we graduated. Um, and I was living in LA. So I had moved two hours from San Diego, which is where, um, we all went to college and where that friend still lived. And for me and that person, like it was like communication issues that we sort of always had. I think we just communicated very differently when we saw the world very differently, Mm -hmm. but it didn't really come to a head until I remember like they said something that sort of rubbed me wrong. Like the kind of way they acted around other friends I had made in LA when they came to visit. Um, And then we like didn't talk for a bit. And then I saw them again and it was like, yeah, no, like this kind of confirmed, I don't want to be friends again. Um, so I ended up sending them this text and and they were sort of upset saying like, they wish I said something sooner, which I think was definitely my bad in that. Um, and we haven't talked since. And I think uh, we don't have each other on social media. Like, I don't really know what they're up to. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I think with that friend, it was very like, it was just differing communication styles that we didn't really realize until it was after, after college. And then, um, with the other friend breakup, I think, I think it was kind of drifting apart mixed with, um, mixed with, I think me getting a boyfriend and starting to date Jack because we had started a date, I think kind of was hard for the friendship. Um, I think they expected more out of our friendship than I was giving at that point. Um, but then also it was differing sort of like political stuff that came out when the pandemic, which would have never happened if there was not a pandemic necessarily, but because there was, it happened. So I don't know. It's weird. And and that's that friend and that person. I do think, I do think in the future, I would reach out to them. Yeah. And I do think in the future, maybe we could reconnect not to be close again, but I, I, I genuinely care about them as a person. And I feel like in the future, they are someone I would want to maybe stay in touch with. Um, even if it's like someone I check in and once every couple of years or whatever, but I don't know. Um, how about you? How about, or what were you going to say? Yeah. Well, I'm curious because for both of them, was it like an announced, we are no longer friends, we are breaking up, or was it just like a ghosting and then like a, hopefully we don't <laughs> bump into each other situation? Right. It's interesting for both both situations, it was sort of a teetering off and a not talking as much, but then there was a final boom. Ah. And for the first person, it was when I sent that text oh, saying, yeah. I'm sorry, I just don't want to be friends anymore. Oh, right, right, and right. then the second person, um, they had sort of, <laughs> I know it, it, I remember doing it 
at work and had a coworker help me like craft the message. Cause I was just like, I can't, their, their partner had ended up sending me a voicemail about how upset they were about sort of, so it was sort of like them reaching out and me being like, I need to, I need to just end this. Um, and then with the second friend breakup, um, it was sort of like petty stuff. Like they had unfollowed on social media and I was like, okay. So then I wrote a letter and left it on their like car windshield <laughs> and what? that was it. <laughs> oh, wow. That's baller. What the f- I love that. Damn. I'm kind of jealous of that. I like... I'm like I'm unfortunately someone who like I I'm really this is a bad quality of mine I will say this like this is a very horrible quality of mine I'm someone who will kind of be avoidant about something until it gets to that point where I like have to say something and then I will say a three-page letter like I I just I'm very much avoidant until I have to address it and then I will say everything like yeah but I I don't know I know but I I see I relate to that number one and so I don't find too much fault in that no but um I think that that's you're avoidant because you're trying to give someone the benefit of the doubt perhaps and you don't want it to get to that point and you avoid it as much as possible until reach a breaking point. And perhaps if you do tend to it earlier and put in boundaries potentially to try to mitigate that behavior again, maybe you wouldn't get to a breaking point. Who's to say? I have not done that successfully. So I, like you, will get to a breaking point and then just like, I will either just fully avoid, fully like goodbye. And I don't, I'm not, like when it comes to romantic partners, like I am not a person who advocates for ghosting, but for some reason, and I won't do it. I'm very good at like not doing it, just saying what it is that I need. But when it comes to friendship stuff, I'm like, I just, it's hard to process the feelings too. So it's normal to avoid conflict as much as possible. No, I totally agree with you. I think there's something with, with Jack and then like when my mom was here, like with my mom, like when I would get in any sort of disagreement, either with Jack or with my mom, like I would need like a few minutes, like I need, I need, but then I would be like, okay, let's talk about it. Like I can have a conversation after like 10 minutes, but with friends, I feel like I need that sort of time. Like it's almost that avoiding stage makes you because friends aren't people. I mean, at least for me, I know it's different for everyone. For me, friends aren't someone I talk to every single day necessarily. Um, at least those two friendships that I didn't talk to them every single day, uh, post-college. And so I feel like for me with those two, I needed that sort of avoiding quote stage to like assess how I was truly feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very fair. And that's, that's good. Like you're also processing. Um, and I can relate to that too. Like I had, I also had a friendship breakup, um, as, as a result of, um, like value misalignment in regards to COVID. And I do think that, um, you know, that was the most mature conversation that I had had with them. It took me months to get there. Like an event happened. I was very upset by it. Um, and, and they knew I was upset by it, but I didn't address it again for months. And then they reached out and they were like, I'd love to connect. And I had really thought a lot about it and was more ready at that point. And I felt like I really still respect 
respected and loved this person. I wanted to have the conversation. It was really scary. And they, but they were so receptive and so um, kind about it. And it was a really positive experience. Like they, and we do keep in touch somewhat now, not as much. Um, we don't see each other as often, but they were so kind and understanding and mature about the situation. And it was, it was very hard for me. It was not something I wanted to do. So I really appreciated that they were receptive. Um, right. And it was difficult, obviously, to have the conversation. And it took me months of ghosting and processing. I won't say it was just ghosting. Right. Like, it took me months of processing to really get to that place where I could even have the conversation. So I think that's a smart move. Like, sometimes you need a minute um, to gather yourself and gather your feelings. And I'm someone who doesn't like to, because I grew up being so reactive and like being in a loud Italian family, I just say the first thing that comes to my head, or at least I <laughs> used to. And I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Like when I'm upset, you can fucking see it in my face. Like I do not have a poker face at all. But I have been really working hard in the past few years especially when I got out of my last relationship, which was right before COVID. I am trying, and I, it's a daily practice, I try not to say things by way of just like reacting. I I try to actually, and I'm really not that great at it, but especially with family um, and people who are really close to me, where it's some, sometimes almost easier to say like the meanest thing immediately because you know they'll forgive you. I've been really intentional about not doing that. I don't do that with friends though. Like there is that sort of like, I don't know. Like I would never feel comfortable to say something to my friend that I would say to my sister. Um, but I don't like to be reactive. So that's another reason why I took those months to sort of gather my thoughts. And I assume that's probably what Definitely. you were trying to do too. You didn't want to hurt their feelings, say something you regret, you know, all that. Right. Totally. I agree. I think I have this <laughs> very annoying thing where like I need to be right. Like if I'm having a conversation, like I'm like, I need to be right. I can like, like I did, I did, <laughs> I did, I was a communication minor. So I did my debate classes. Like I can do a, like I love debating and it's a fault of mine because like I will say something based in fact and like I can spout it out so quickly, but I, that's why I need to step back. I agree with you because I'm just like, I don't want to have to win a conversation. Like I want to come back to it when it's like, okay, I know that there's not that sort of emotion, I guess, behind what I'm saying. Definitely. And so when it comes to like, so when it comes to ending friendships, I think we can agree that there's like a few reasons why friendships, I think, especially at this point in our lives can come to an end. It's definitely right. like priority shifting, um, time that you spend together, like it needs to be intentional and, um, if you're finding that effort is not being put in, if you're putting in more effort than the other person, or if the other person expects more than you do, if there's a misalignment right. on like expectations, communication styles, values, any sort of like discrepancy, it needs to be talked through or else you'll find yourself in a situation where you may not potentially be able to keep that friend anymore. Right. When it comes to maintaining friends that you have, to avoid a fallout when you don't want that to happen. How do you find that going now in your late twenties and being with being married and with living far away from home and living far away from your oh. community? 
that is a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, it's interesting. I think like, I've always sort of been like this where I'm like, if someone's, if something is in front of me, like I will think about it. But if something's not in front of me, like I will not be thinking about it. You like, have object permanence. <laughs> We're like infants. Like it's like when infants develop the ability to like register that something behind the blanket still exists. Like, yeah. It's like life just has to play peekaboo with me. Like there's no other way. <laughs> That's so I real. Just- that is so real. It's rough. Like I am someone who has 300 at this point unread text. Oh like I'm God. just, I'm really terrible at, I'm, I just feel like I'm really terrible at maintaining contact. And I feel like it's something I'm constantly trying to be better about. And, and that, that first friendship breakup I mentioned, the one right after college, like the year after college that had a lot to do with me not reaching out that was hard for them too, which I understand because it's, it's differing expectations. Um, for me, I feel like the friendships that have really like stood the test of time are the ones that we understand each other, right? Like if I don't reply to them in a couple of days, they get that. Like if like one of us calls, I, you know, what's interesting. I will say when calls happen, I will always pick up and I found my friends will always pick up too, which I really appreciate. Cause it's like, okay, you know, if like someone's calling, that is a, like, that is, they want to talk about something right now. I feel like that's a sort of like, I don't know. It's like the, what's the opposite of boundary, I guess, expectation, but like, it's, it's really an expectation. I think that I found has worked in my friendships. Um, but yeah, I feel like texting, like it's not necessarily something I do all the time. Like I have this sort of group chat that I'll keep in touch with multiple people at once. And I find that that works for me. Like I will text, like my best friend is Megan and like she is in this group chat that has a few other people. Then we also have a group chat with her fiance and then Jack. So it's us four that we use. And then there's also times occasionally where her and I will text, but it's like, I don't know. There's not, I, what I appreciate about her friendship is that there's not a sort of expectation that we have to talk talk all the time and it's like if I am in California where she currently lives I will see her undoubtedly and like if I am in California staying at my in-laws which is in San Jose versus she's in San Francisco which is about an hour distance she will come pick me up if I say the word like it's it's just sort of like we know that that's always there and we can count on each other ultimately even if we're not talking all the time and I find like my friendships that really have stood the test of time it's like not always there or no, no, that's not. I was going to quote the jaw rule song, but not always there when you call always on time. I guess that's like complete opposite. It's like, I'm not always on time, but like, I will answer your call. I will be there. That is <laughs> How so... about you? Wow. Shout out to jaw rule. Wait, I do have one more question for you. So is that something with Megan that you just, you just know, or have you guys talked about that? Like, have you sort of set standards or like spoken about the expectations that you have of each other or is it just unspoken between you two that's interesting I almost feel like okay so this is really funny and this is a callback to our the summer I turned pretty episode but I ended up reading um the third book and in the third book Belly and Taylor both go to Finch for college and 
like they discuss belly discuss as you know the narrator of the book she's discussing how taylor's now in a sorority and she's making all these other friends and they can't necessarily hang out as often as they used to but they both sort of understand that there's like an unspoken sort of agreement and i think with megan like also shout out to megan Hope you're hearing this. Um, But with Megan, I went to San Diego State for college. She went to University of California, San Diego. So we were both in college in the same in San Diego, but we didn't see we saw each other like once a year during college. Like maybe as it got to senior year, we saw each other a little bit more, but we weren't hanging out that often, really. And I feel like it was sort of like this unspoken but mutual understanding between the two of us that we would like pursue other things like she works in a completely different field than I work in like we have made separate friends but we're still able to come together and we still know we're always going to be there for each other and Mm -hmm. I think like I don't know so I guess it's unspoken but because it's always sort of been that way between us um which is interesting which I do find is different with like I don't know. I almost feel even with college friends, like a lot of us have that un- those sort of unspoken rules now, but like maybe because we met each other in circumstance, like the ones that I'm still friends with, we met each other in circumstances where we're still pursuing other friendships in other groups. Like, like I said earlier, I don't have a friend group. It's more sort of these friendships I've formed that I've come close with certain people, I guess. Yes. And I relate to that too. I don't have like yeah. a friend group from college that I like just hang out with them. Um, my friends are more like, it's more like one-on-one friendships that I've built with multiple people. And then I try to force them all together, um, which doesn't always work. But one of the ways that like, in terms of maintaining friendships, I'm going to shout out, um, I've had a best friend, her and I met when we were, oh my God, I don't even know, elementary school. And, um, she was in a serious relationship and I was doing my own thing in New York and we lost touch. Like, very much lost touch for years. And we just start, started to rekindle this friendship. And um, and it is like no time has passed. I, I so deeply love her because I feel like we've grown up together. And she's the first person that I feel like I've had an adult conversation about like the expectations of our friendship. We communicate so well and we say what we need from each other right. and um and just about life in general and she is i think one tip that i'm going to steal from her and i don't even think she consciously knows that she does this so well she is a grade a active listener she is so good at remembering the details of what you say and she said that what she'll do is if i ever in passing in conversation Look, I talk so much. It's like that Kelly Kapoor meme where she's like, I tune myself out. Like I literally say so much shit that my words have an expiration date. And I've told her this because she'll be like, well, I thought you loved this. And I was like, oh, or I thought you felt this way about this. And I'm like, oh, my God, when did I ever say that? She was like, well, in high school. And I was like, girl, my words have an expiration date. Do not take don't trust me. Whatever comes out of my mouth, like different in, in a I year. love that. First of all, <laughs> my words have an expiration date. They literally do. And she, but she's so good at listening. And whenever I say something that I enjoy or like, she'll jot it down in her notes. And she does this for a lot of her friends because her friends are live far away. She went to a boarding mm-hmm. school and um, she went to grad school. I think like in Portland actually. And so she has friends all over the country. 
And she's very intentional about remembering birthdays, sending like letters and postcards, and then sending gifts that it's something that you said and you don't even remember that you wanted and she'll she'll be on it and she'll send it to you. And that tip is so, I know it may sound superficial, but to show that you're listening to someone, especially as you get older and that you care about, you remember their birthday, you make the effort, you, um, you like the, it's like things that you would do for a romantic partner, like those acts of kindness and, or acts of service or gift giving the love languages, they, they should extend to friendships too. They shouldn't just be something reserved for romantic partnerships. So that's something that she does that goes a long way, even though that's obviously never going to make up for foundational issues, communication problems, expectation, you know, disalignment, like that one thing is so critical to keeping friendships that if you can't text every day, well, at least you sent a card for their birthday. Like that to me shows it. That's because these are like parts of the love languages that I respond to, but that to me shows that care. Um, and whether it's unspoken or, or spoken, um, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So I think that that's, I think a lot of people are are unsure of how to maintain friendships when they have so many responsibilities piling up in their life, like you talked about that quote. And I think you just, even if you don't communicate every day, which it shouldn't be an expectation to communicate with your friends every single day. There should be a trust built up. There should be a love built up. But I think one way to maintain friendships is just be honest about what it is you need and be be vulnerable. Um, there was actually this podcast. It's from The Atlantic. It's called How to Be Human. And they had this amazing episode called What Do We Owe Our Friends? And the episode is phenomenal. If you haven't listened to it, I would definitely recommend giving it a listen. Um, and the the host, Julie Beck, made a point about why we're so overly polite with our friends, which I think this also relates to what we were saying about having like deeper friendships and we lose friendships that don't maybe don't have that same meaning anymore. And she talked about how um, like she noticed that folks or even herself like are hesitant to ask their friends for something like a ride to the airport. And I feel like that's a really good litmus test of like a friendship, like a like a good friend is like, if I not only feel comfortable asking them for a ride to the airport, but like if they asked me, I would be, I think it's easier to like, if someone asked you, you would say yes, but it's like very scary and it puts you in a vulnerable place to like ask someone for that. And I get afraid of like relying on other people that aren't family because I've like struggled to rely on other people who aren't family and actually have them like show up. Um, And that really stuck with me because they talked about how like if you would expect something from a romantic partner in that way, like it, you shouldn't always just save those expectations for romantic partners. Like it's, it's, it's good to have that level of support and comfort like with a friend that's like what they're there for like 
So, and I find myself being afraid of doing that. I don't know. I I got there. I have like tears of friendships, and I'm like, not everyone is an airport driving (laughs) friend. (laughs) No, I agree with you, and I I think I get really nervous about that too, like sort of burdening my friends. Um, when I was I went to California last month or like a month and a half ago at this point. And I had some really good conversations with different people there because I went to San Francisco, saw Megan, um, went to San Diego and I saw a lot more of my community there too. Um, And I had really good conversations with people about because losing my mom was so weird because now my family like who I call my family is Jack and my sister like I don't sort of have any other family so now it's like having to redefine what family means to me too and like who is family and I think like I often feel like because I would talk to things with my mom like and I talk to things with Jack too, but like, it's like, where can I transfer this sort of energy? So much energy that went into my relationship with my mom and that's never going to leave. And obviously that's what grief is like mourning that sort of loss of that relationship, but like wanting to put in that F that energy and that sort of like needing people and needing that support and where can I put it? And I talked with friends and I never do. I'm like, not someone who like, I cry all the time, but I feel like I don't often like cry with friends. Like I don't, I don't open up in that sort of way necessarily with friends super often. Um, And I found myself doing that when I was in California and I found myself telling people like, this is what I need. And I've been scared to say it, but like, this is what I need from friends. And I had those friends like open that up to me and be like, of course. And like, I, I had such good conversations with people the last couple of months. And I think, I think it's just a constant sort of thing. Cause even when you think about like growing up and who your parents had around as family friends, like family friends are not family. Like they're family friends. They're, they're people that your, your family found along the way and made these sort of familial relationships with non-relatives. And I think like, I think about in the future and I'm like, when I have kids, like who do I want my kids to call like an aunt, you know, even though it's not like, yeah a relation but I'm like oh my god I want my kids to have their auntie Megan like I want my kids to have an auntie Patty like I want my kids to have these people you know what I mean and I think it's like sort of knowing I don't know it's like I'm like you in the sense that I have so many acquaintances and I think acquaintances will always be there I think it's a beautiful thing to connect with someone like once every however often it is and maybe you're in uh you're in New York or you're in I don't know random state but like another Florida I don't know you have a lot of people in Florida you're in I don't know whatever random state we don't need more people in Florida (laughs) that we know And it's like you go to visit for work or whatever and you're like, oh, let me meet up with this person that I knew a few years ago. Like, I think that's a beautiful thing. But I also think it's really beautiful and empowering to choose the people that you want to be there long term. And and you can sort of form with them, but you can sort of form what you want that to look like. And I think it's it's like we feel so old because we're the oldest we've ever been. But we're also like, I don't know, we're so young and we're able to like shape this as much as we want to in, in the next 60 however many years we have it's so true and I I love that you asked your friends for what you needed I feel like 
I want to take a second to acknowledge how important that is and tell people who've been in our DMs asking us, like, how do I keep friends? How do I make friends? How do I maintain friendships at this age? It is asking for what you need and being vulnerable and taking the leap and hoping that you're going to be met with love and respect and support. Like, it is a constant garden to tend to friendships and it changes. And you, I think, like, expectations need to change as people's lives change. Like maybe you were to have a friend that you spoke with about deep stuff, but you still had your mom as like, she was your best friend. Like you had a very special relationship with her. Now there are things that you'd love to talk with her about, but you may start having that relationship with another friend. And that, and that friend, like, their expectations should change of what it is you need based on your life and vice versa. Like if you have a friend who has a child, like understanding that they can't do all the same things that they used to do, but that doesn't mean that they don't want to participate or don't love you or don't support you in the same way. I think like the key to having good friendships at this age is giving people grace, giving yourself grace, and just being honest about what it is you need. And having the conversation because you can't, we're not in a place anymore where we see each other every day and we can sort of assume how that person's doing and feeling and like, like it was in college. Like we have to actively go out and keep those friendships alive. So I, I love that you did that with your friends and I'm so glad it was met with like love and support because you deserve that, you deserve all of that. So it's amazing. And yeah, I like, you know, in terms of meeting new friends too, unless you had anything else that you wanted to bring up about like maintaining friendships, like in terms of meeting new friends, our last episode, not to be this person, but like our last episode, I think like Desi is, could teach a masterclass in how to create community spaces where you feel like you could be your most authentic self and meet new people and have the courage to do that. Like, they are active and going out to salsa dancing classes and like drag shows and they're on a softball team and they are like always in spaces where they're doing something they love and they connect with others through that. And I have realized that that especially coming out of, I talked about being like very afraid during like the pandemic years and I didn't go out like very much. And now that I do go you know, I'm out in the world more like I crave community so much. And I think that you have to put yourself out there. Like my brother, oh my God, my brother, he's going to like be so happy that I brought this up. My brother, who's <laughs> like, again, older than I am, geriatric millennial. That's fine. Um, no, he was so funny. He's like, oh, you keep talking about how you need to meet guys, meet guys. Why aren't you doing a sport? And I'm like, because ew, like, I'm not going to do sport. And he's like, but you used to like doing some sports. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not good at it. And he's like, you don't have to be. Just go do something that's like fun. Just be silly. It's, you don't need to be good at the sport, but be in spaces where like you can just meet new people on, and connect on something you enjoy doing. And I was like, I know. I know that. And I've told myself that. And I've like joined clubs, but it's it's. I don't know. I've like done things. I've done pottery class. I've done Italian class, but it's always like really small, awkward groups of people who don't really talk to each other. So I'm like, I know it's lame, but 
clubs, activities, sports, groups, work. Like we're in a weird situation because we work remote. So we can't like hang out with coworkers. But like when I find a coworker that's remotely our age, I am like attaching myself like (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I don't know who the I actually Liz at work. She has a a walking club. It's like Boston girls who walk. And I keep meaning to go to a walking meeting, but I just have been not in Boston. But to me, I'm like, that's how I'm going to meet new people. I don't care. Right. No, it's true. Do you feel like, I'm curious because we've discussed this last episode and I feel like the episode before that as well, where like sort of listing out in romantic relationships, like before you meet the person, like what are the things I want in a romantic partner? What are the deal breakers I have in a romantic partner? Do you find, and I'm curious, do you think about that actively when it comes to friendships? And do you feel like sort of writing that down and being clear on that in your head, like it would be easier to make new friendships? I'm I'm curious because I have not practiced this, but I almost wonder if that would be a thing. Wow. Um, that's a great idea. And I haven't actively done that, like written down what I'm looking for in friendships or like been intentional about listing deal breakers, but I can come up with some in my mind because of experiences I've had with friendships that have kind of gone wrong. Um, and that's, I think that that's a really good thing. I need to do that. Have you, so you haven't done that, but you have things that come to mind. I haven't done that, but it's weird because I almost feel like maybe passively I kind of do that because I was thinking, so like you and I became friends, I would say, I I don't even know when we became like, because we've been coworkers for two years, but then like, I would say we became more in touch, like maybe like a year and a half ago. And I feel like the first time I met you in person and we hung out then and like got lunch together and we're both in the office and then hung out like after work too. I feel like I just remember being like, okay, this is someone who I feel comfortable with. Like they are asking me questions, but they also clearly want to keep the conversation going and they're willing to talk about themselves. Like, I feel like all those sort of things, like someone who like clearly is showing care and who you are, are as a person, but also like revealing themselves to you. Like, I feel like maybe that's a huge thing that I find I important, I guess, in the people that I'm connecting with, because I can hold a conversation with anyone. Like talking is like no issue at all for me, but it's like what makes me feel good in a conversation. And I really think it's that sort of back and forth and like opening the floor for each other and that sort of banter that's really important to me at this stage. Yeah. We became friends so fast. I feel like when we met each other in person, I feel like that was a wrap. Like, cause we had been remote and we hadn't been able to hang out. And then when we, oh my God, literally we, <laughs> we used to joke that we, we didn't take a breath. Like we would just scream back and forth. <laughs> and then when we got a hold of like voice memos, like it's so funny. Cause I consciously can't think about when our relationship progressed from like, work friends to real friends and then like to doing this like this is wild but it's so like natural I I think that subconsciously yes there were things in my mind I was thinking of like you made me feel so comfortable and seen I felt like I knew you for years which is like you don't get that with everyone and I think like it was very effortless and that's 
God damn it. That's what I want in dating. Like, that's what I want to meet my partner. I want it to just be easy. Like someone who I feel like I've known for so long. And yeah. Do you feel like any of the friendships that you currently have, it was like hard to become friends with them? Like, is there that sort of common thread that every single person you're friends with, it was like pretty immediate, like easy banter? Or do you think there are times where a friendship does sort of have to grow? I think that there are definitely times when a friendship has to grow and you have to be honest with yourself about when the friendship is working and when it isn't any longer. Um, I have a friend who I've been friends with for years and um, our friendship has seen a lot of ups and downs, but we have this love for each other that um, even though we are both very different people now than we were when we first met and, um, and we do not see each other often, we've gone a long time without seeing each other. She and I have had to, we've had to have those conversations uh, about being honest. And we've had disagreements, um, but we both have expressed that we we care for each other and that we will be there for each other. Um, and the relationship has had to take on a completely, it's not a traditional friendship, I would say, in the fact that we um, we could see each other more often, but we don't. Um, I've definitely stepped over some of her boundaries before and, um, she's a bit more avoidant, I'd say. So like, I'm someone who, when it comes to friends, like I don't need to be in constant contact with them, but if I reach out multiple times and I'm kind of not getting anywhere, like I know when to sort of back off, but I've realized that like, we're so much more similar than, um, we ever thought. And so I feel like I, we understand each other in a way that like we've been friends for so long and we weren't at first good at growing with the relationship and changing and kind of changing our expectations of each other. And now we have, I think it took like a lot of, um, heart to hearts and it was, it was worth it at the end of the day because she's a very special person to me. She's unlike any of my other friends. Um, but she's someone I could see myself like being friends with forever um it may look different though than like some of my other close friendships but that's that's okay like I don't need everyone to fill every single role all the time and then right um I'm curious for you like because when I went to your wedding like you have you and Jack have so many friends that feel like family to you right how has that transition been do you feel like you've had to sort of like work at any of the friendships to maintain them or do you feel like it's been this sort of like easy flowing natural progression yeah it's hard to say I do feel often at a standstill because I live so far from people Mm. and especially because all all besides you all my good friends are I mean I have some friends that I love here in Portland but like my closest closest friends besides you are all in California and I think it'll be interesting to see how that transition goes because I do feel like I've been at a standstill like I moved out here when taking care of my mom and then moved up to Maine like amid my grief and moving in with Jack and then like now we're next year going to move back to California and I think life will 
be a new normal, I guess. And, and we'll be figuring out what that looks like um, to live in California and be married and not have my mom and, you know, figuring out what life looks like then. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see what those friendships look like. Like how often am I going to see Megan when we're both working adults? She'll be getting married soon at that point. Like we're two married people. Like who knows when, I mean, I'm not going to have kids for another like 10 years, but like who knows when she'll think about having kids. Like it, it, it I feel like I feel like friendships are a constant navigation, like you were saying, of like figuring out it together and knowing that you want to be in each other's lives and seeing how that goes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I feel like that's such a good question, though. Oh, well, I, I, okay, I do have another question, too. Because you are married, do you find any sort of difficulty with making – do you feel pressure to make other married friends or do you feel pressure to make friends that are also in serious partnerships or does that mm-hmm. not sort of matter to you? It doesn't matter to me personally. Um, but what I will say is that I – And I don't think this is necessarily because I've been in this sort of serious relationship now for, we actually, our first date was like almost exactly four years ago, which is really funny. It was in September. Um, But now I've been in this serious relationship almost four years. And I think, like I said, with that second friend breakup, that, that had a lot to do with it. I feel like her expectations of what our friendship looked like was different. Whereas I'm like, well, this person I'm dating I love and I'm good friends with him too like I want to hang out with him and and I knew it was serious from like we our first date was September by December I knew this was the person I was going to end up with um and I think for me it's really 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 important that my friends are friends with my partner and listen, I know that's not the case for everyone. And I think that's totally okay. I think it's figuring out what works for you, your friendships and your partnership. But for me, it's really important that like, I can have a friend come over. And if Jack's over too, like, they're cool to all, we're all cool to all hang out. Um, And like, with Megan and her fiance, like I, when I was in California, I was with them for a week and it was totally chill us three hanging out. Like I have always loved being friends with my friends, partners, and I've always loved my partner being friends with my friends. And I've always loved being friends with my partner's friends. Like I've just loved all the friendships. Like I need it all. And I think like even thinking about like Jack's closest friends, the high school ones that I were talking, I was talking about, um, Uh, there's four of them that are really close knit and three of the four have partners. So like they will do like they, they want to do, they were doing a couple years in a row. I don't, they couldn't do it this year. Well, people traveled for our wedding, but then like next year they'll probably try to do a boys trip, but then they're like, Oh, let's bring like the partners too. Like, so I, I think it's really figuring out what's important in your relationship and your friendships. If you want to sort of incorporate your partner and incorporate your friends into your partnerships and all of that, I think it's totally case by case. But for me, I don't think anything has changed transitioning from like relationship to marriage, I guess, because it's always sort of been like that for us. Totally. I love that. And Jack makes such a a strong effort to be friendly and friends with and build a relationship with your friends too, which I really appreciate it. Yeah, even today, he texted you like mushroom. I loved that. (laughs) The first time he texted me like mushrooms, I was like, oh my God, but it Jack like is so personable and I um I give him a lot of credit cuz he's really great with that too. It's it's so nice to see. And even a oh, shout out to our editor Dylan, like Dylan and my best friend Chloe um who is oh, I love Chloe. 
I should have literally she her and our relationship is amazing because we did we met in Italy. She lived in California. I lived in Massachusetts. We became friends, best friends. Like her relationship with me is like how you and I were. We just progress so quickly. I felt like I knew her forever. And we've maintained a friendship, even though we live on opposite coasts, because we make it a point to try to see each other often. And I feel bad because during COVID, she was like, I'll come see you. And I was like, I'm too afraid. But we, um, I was just in her wedding. Dylan, who are, is our editor, is her husband. And they let me stay with them after their wedding for a week. And they just let me third wheel there, <laughs> like in their apartment. And we just, I felt so comfortable. Like Dylan makes it a point to like, talk with me and I feel like I've made a friend like independently from Chloe but with Chloe and I could have never made that friend without her and that is so special like becoming friends with your friend's spouse or partner it's a oh I love it too I need all of the I just fucking love that it's like a built-in friend it's so good I agree. I think there's something so special. I think that's the most beautiful thing on earth to like love the people that your friends love. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like yes. I, I could honestly cry thinking about it because I think it's so to me, that's like what's so wonderful about life. It's like the same way you want to have a relationship with your friends, like kids, you know, but it's like, like the people they choose as a partner is like who are they're choosing as family. Like it's, I don't know. I think it's so beautiful to have relationships with them. I do too. That's, that is the magic of being alive. Like that is part of it. It's just like forging these, these strong connections with people that you would never normally maybe even meet. Like with Chloe, it was so Oh God, I'm going to butcher this word. Serendipitous. 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 Whatever. You get it. But it was so amazing. Like, how the fuck did I meet one of my best friends on the other side of the world randomly and maintain that best friend throughout this entire, like, through our adulthood? Like, I've had, I've had an easier time, like, staying best friends with her that I've had with people who like I do see more normally so it's just it's amazing it's again the magic of friendship and I love when people are like I I look at I was hanging out with my grandpa as I mentioned um like last week and he has friends that still call him and you know a lot of his friends have obviously passed away and he still gets calls and he'll still be so diligent about calling his friends to check up on them. Even in their conversations are like, how you doing? How's the weather? How you feeling? What medication are you on? And, and then that's it. Like it, Wait, it's like I'm very, obsessed. literally like so simple, but like that connection is still there. And that, that is so amazing to me. Like I, I love seeing that. And he talks about his friends, um, and he'll, you know, when he reminisces, like, I, I love to hear that. And I just like knowing that I'll know you when we're like 80, like that's so, so amazing. I know. Oh my God. Friendships are beautiful. Moral of the story. <laughs> that is, okay. If you had one rapid fire, because I'm, I feel like, what do you think? Do we have to wrap this up? <laughs> I know I say this every episode, but I think we could talk another hour, two hours, we 80 hours. We literally could. Okay. So last thing, rapid fire, one sentence. If you had to say 
anything, piece of advice, an insight, um, something you feel strongly about in the realm of friendships and our relationship with friendships, what would you say? Okay. I would say trust. Okay. This is going to be such a run on sentence, but (laughs) I only got one sentence. So it will be five in one. Um, Trust your gut, trust your feeling. If you're around someone that you want to be friends with, trust that. If there's a friend in your life that you want to continue that friendship, trust that. If there's a friend in your life you're not sure about, trust that. I think just trust your feeling because I think you're feeling, I think that's what friendship is about, the feelings that you're feeling about it. So trust how you're feeling about it. How about you? What is your rapid fire one sentence? I think it's it's a two-parter. If you're walking on eggshells, they are not your true friend. And if you feel that you can't be safe in being vulnerable with them, they are not your true friend. A little dark. Sorry, but (laughs) it's true. No, amen. I think that was perfect. (laughs) Well, thank you all. We will have to have another 50 episodes on friendships, clearly, because we cannot shut up about it. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, my friend. Yes, thank you. And thank you all for listening and for gabbing with us. We'll see you next time. See you next time. This has been another episode of The Relationship Type. Follow us on Instagram at The Relationship Type. Shout out to John Francis for our beautiful artwork. Our music comes from Purple Planet. That's purple-planet.com. The Relationship Type is edited by the lovely Dylan Simon. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend, whatever you got to do to spread the word. We so appreciate it. The Relationship Type is created and produced by myself, Patty Camerata, and Alex Piscadelli. We absolutely love this project. And thank you so much for listening and gabbing with us. We can't wait to see you next time.